Welcome to the Puzzle of Us podcast with Chelsea. I'm your host, and we're going to be talking today about life transitions. And I know that cliche thing that people say is that one constant in life is that there's always change, and it is so true. And it's just been weighing so heavy on my heart lately because I feel like there's so much change happening in my life, particularly right now. Um, Just to be a little more personal here. I just recently had our fourth child and all of our kids are going to school in a new transition fashion of some sort. Um, our, our oldest is in third grade and um, third grade, I feel like is a big year. There's lots of, you're, you're not scared to go to school anymore. You've established some friendships and, and so that's exciting for her. And then our second one is starting kindergarten, so kind of a, an all-day thing for the first time ever, um, and going to school and riding the bus and doing all of those fun things, which is so exciting, but it comes with a lot of fear and anxiety and change, and which can be good, but also hard. And then our, our third child is starting preschool for the first time. And he just goes one day a week, but, um, it's a big thing. You know, he he goes to school, you drop him off and, um, it it can be a a challenge and can come with its own set of, of triumphs and sorrows. Um, and then of course, any new transition with a baby is constant. Um, I feel like just when you're getting into a routine, things are going smoothly, then they start teething or then they start walking or they have a big growth spurt or they're fussy or whatever it is. And, and so it's just like kind of that, especially that first year is all about transition and just being flexible. Um, one of the, my favorite sayings has become blessed are the flexible. Um, thanks to uh, a, a dear therapist friend of mine um, who introduced me to that. And I feel like I'm saying it a lot lately. So I wanted to uh, just, so there is a lot of transitions, whether it be with kids or, or life transitions. Um, a few other examples, of course, having a baby is a big transition. Getting married is a big transition. Um Parenting is always ever changing, whether you're in an infant parenting stage or kind of child or um, adolescent, young adult. Empty nesting is a big transition, which I actually find very challenging for most couples. Um, Some people really look forward to it, but some people really don't. Um, My parents recently became, well, not recently, I guess it's been quite a few years, but my mom would always say, um, kind of out of jokingly, but kind of serious. I don't know if I even like your dad anymore. I don't, we got to figure out some ways that we can be together again because so much of their, their lives becomes revolved around your children and running them to different events and supporting them. And, and you just sometimes lose track of each other. So that's why it is, you know, in the, past podcasts, we've talked about keeping the love alive, and it's so important to keep your relationship a top priority in your lives. But these, you know, other transitions might be um, a death of a loved one, questioning your faith or spirituality, um, 
sometimes questioning sexual or gender identity in your relationship can definitely be a transition. Um, issues of aging, sometimes going through disabilities or um, ser serious illnesses, um, adjusting to uh, moves, work um, transitions, whether it be promotions or getting laid off. Um, some change in our life can be expected. Some can be very unexpected. Some can be welcomed. Some can be very unwelcomed, chosen, imposed, very sudden or very gradual. Um, it doesn't really matter how the change occurs. It's always uncomfortable. And humans, we are wonderfully adaptable, but we are creatures of habit. We are, we like our routines. We like predictability. Life becomes more secure and we can feel more happy when life is a little bit more predictable. And so when changes happen, it sort of forces ourselves into this, these change states, which can be really awesome because they can, um, it can provide areas of growth for sure. And it could also help us um, kind of look at different areas or things that need to be better improved. Um, maybe things that actually changes become um, better for us, you know, better, better routines. We get up earlier, we go to bed earlier, we help with um, eating habits or, you know, some of our, our habits sort of get shifted a little bit when we go through these life transitions and um, sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worst. And so today I just want to talk about transitions in life and kind of how to cope with them, how to get through them. And particularly if one partner is going through more of a life change, like a sudden job loss or a sudden illness or, or sickness or disability of some sort, or, you know, they've had maybe a major car wreck or, or something like that, um, how to really support them because that looks a little different than just, um, going through it yourself. So we're going to talk about both of those. First, we'll start with just kind of finding ways to, to manage these different kind of seasons of our lives. Most of them are very difficult, hard to transition, um, and uncomfortable. And none of us like to be comfortable. So we, we try to regulate and go back to what is comfortable, what's normal. Um, and, and sometimes that helps, you know, our, our nervous system likes to be, stay status quo. And when our nervous system gets shifted through these life transitions, sometimes we can develop unhealthy habits. Um, and so really making sure that we, we look at those particularly in transitions. Um, sometimes the, the easier ways um, to, to, to change, let me pull up my notes here, um, are really just first and foremost, developing a routine. You know, we get into routines, we get into habits. And when we go through these big transitions, like having a baby, if you're me recently, um, or a job loss, you know, suddenly I don't have to get up and go to work. I don't have a reason to get up and go to work because I don't have a job. Um, or, you know, COVID hits, 
heaven help us that COVID never hits again, but a pandemic hits and all of a sudden I'm no longer going into the office, but I'm working from home and I'm working from home. And then I'm, I'm expected to be certain places, maybe online, but I don't have to, you know, show up fully dressed. You have all seen those memes that have, you know, a suit up top or a nice shirt with, you know, underwear or naked underneath and things like that. And we just get into different routines, right? Like, of course you wouldn't go to the office that way, but at home we might do something different. So we just find different ways of, this is how I prepare for work. You know, maybe I, you know, stay in my suit and tie for the first month. And then as it goes on, I slowly start to lose the sports jacket or the tie or whatever. And, and those transitions sometimes can be, um, can just, they just change. They provoke change in our lives. And, um, again, some are expected. Um, when you have nine months to prepare for a baby, you can kind of prepare. I mean, you can't like bank sleep in a, in a log somewhere and sleep more during pregnancy and use it up later, but you can sort of prepare. You can, you are prepared or can be a little more prepared for some of the things that might go wrong or might not quite go quite as comfy when you have anticipated change, right? Um, I might not be sleeping as well. Maybe I'm taking on another job or two or three jobs. And so I know I'm going to be going from one thing to the next. I can sort of anticipate and set a routine and change my routines in accordance to with what, what I expect, right? Set those expectations and those routines as quickly as possible and really do your best to stick to them. That's really going to help you through your transition. Um, another thing that I often find really difficult for people dealing with routines is the, the managing their self-talk. Um, people can get really down on themselves, especially when change is unexpected, right? If we're prepared for change, we tend to be a little bit more positive about it. It's probably something that we were planning for or that we were anticipating. Um, but we don't always liked or unwelcomed or unwelcomed, right? Whether we're anticipating it, whether we're not anticipating it, particularly when it's the more negative side of things, our, our self-talk tends to follow that. And so making sure that we are really trying to stay positive, find the positive in things, um, not get, you know, maybe change is hard. Change is hard. Expect that it's going to be hard. Expect that it's going to feel uncomfortable. Expect that I'm not going to be perfect at this. Um, just the other day I was having a conversation with a friend while we were out on a run and she was talking about going back to work for her. And she's, she has been a stay at home mom for, about 12 or 13 years and um, just recently returned to work. And she said, you know, I've really avoided things that have pushed me and made me grow. And so, you know, I've grown as a mom and I've learned a lot of things as a mom, but as far as being in the workforce and, and, and even pushing myself to be in uncomfortable situations, like I did when I was a kid, you know, she was all about learning and trying new things and, and expanding her horizons and, you know, being a mom and being in that kind of capacity, it gets really easy to sort of limit yourself to doing the things that, you know, I'm good at, I'm reasonably good at. And when you push yourself and when change happens, it's very easy to feel less than or feel down on yourself or 
that, that negative self-talk can really increase. Um, you're judging ourselves. Am I good enough? Am I doing this well enough? Am I doing this as good as my coworkers or as the neighbor next door who also just had a baby or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, sometimes we, we get really harsh with ourselves. So just make sure that you are really trying to recall those times where, you know, yes, this is hard and no, I'm not as good as my neighbor next door, but I'm doing my best and really focus on being more positive and supportive to yourself. Um, Another thing that can be really helpful is setting really small goals, right? Transition can happen, particularly when it happens suddenly. Um, it's really hard to set goals. Sometimes, you know, if we're talking about like the death of a loved one and it's really unexpected, setting goals is going to be a year plus down the road. Um, you're just going to be dealing with grieving how I'm feeling, grieving the loss of that relationship, the loss of that person. Um, and let yourself feel those things. Usually change comes with the loss of something, right? The loss of parenting, the loss of, you know, my adult freedom when I have my first kid or being outnumbered when I have multiple kids or losing a job or transitioning. Maybe I'm transitioning to a different position and I'm getting promoted within my job. The loss of maybe working closely with specific colleagues or, or friends or people that you've made at work or moving desks or, or whatever it might be. There usually comes some sort of loss and letting yourself feel those feelings, um, not dwelling in them, not um, staying in them for a long time, not letting them be the thing that rules your every thought, but allowing yourself to grieve whatever it is that you feel you have lost in, in this change or transition is really important, right? If you've moved across the country to go to school for the first time, there's a whole lot of change that's coming at you. And so grieving the, the loss of knowing exactly how to navigate to the grocery store, um, exactly how, you know, where things are in the grocery store. Um, all of those things can be a huge transition and letting yourself feel a little bit sad about them. Now, feeling sad isn't going to help you find the produce section at the grocery store. So doing something about it, right? And that's where setting small goals comes in in just letting yourself, what's one small thing that I can learn about today? What's one small thing that I can do different today? What's one small thing that I want to, to learn from this or to, to be different? Um, you know, maybe it's, I'm, I'm trying to stay connected or, or I need to get a doctor's appointment, but I've moved across country. I have no idea. One small goal. I'm going to set a doctor's appointment today. Um, one small goal when I'm transitioned from working with these colleagues that I've worked side by side with for 20 years and I got promoted and now I'm working with a whole new crowd of people. What's one small thing I can learn about a new colleague today? What's one small conversation I can have? Can I learn one new colleague's, you know, favorite hobby or what they like to do or learn about their family? Setting one small goal can help ease that transition and help with whatever the transition may be. So setting, setting small appropriate goals is, is really important. Um, letting yourself, like I said, feel those feelings, um, staying connected 
to people, whether it be, you know, those old colleagues at work, whether it be your family, whether it be, you know, the people around you who are also maybe experiencing loss from, let's say the loss of a loved one. Maybe it's other empty nesters that, you know, your kids were on the same soccer team and you know that they're dealing with the loss of a child flying the coop again and, uh, or for the first time, how can I reach out to them? How can I connect with that person? How can I still, you know, find a way to go to lunch or see them or whatever it might be for couples. When you're, when we're going through this and our partner might be experiencing more of a transition rather than the whole family unit, um, sometimes can, it can be hard for that person because, everyone else sort of seems to be staying the same, but I'm changing. And so having those conversations, um, particularly maybe when, you know, let's say dad loses his job, um, having that supportive conversation of what it feels like not trying to solve the problem. Um, that's never going to help. You can't find a job for him or anything like that. If you're the supportive spouse, but how can I sit with them in those emotions? How can I sit with them in what it feels like to actually lose a job? Can I sit with them and have the conversation and ask a few questions and put myself in their situation? How devastating must it feel? How inadequate? How uh, how how disappointing? What a failure, feeling of failure, whatever it might be. Can I sit with them in that moment, not trying to fix the problem, not trying to talk them out of it, how they're feeling? but let them feel those feelings. Sitting with those in their emotion can really be a connecting experience for moms and dads, for partners who are going through transitions of any kind. Um, you know, even as you bring another child into this, whether it be your fourth or your 20th or your 10th or your whatever, however many kids you have, um, sometimes partners feel like, oh, there's not enough time for me anymore because you are so invested with this child or this child takes so much of your time and effort. I see how tired you are. So I'm going to let you take a nap or not have this conversation with you or whatever it might be. And so, um, for both people, particularly when the family unit is experiencing change, like a move or, a, a, an addition to a child in, into the home or things like that, um, allowing space and opportunity to have those conversations about what this change is like for each partner or in families for each family member. It's really important to create those conversations or the openness to be able to talk about those various, various things that each person might be struggling with. Um, and setting routines as, as a couple, you know, it's really important to be able to, um, even amidst transitions, keep routines, keep things the same as much as possible. You know, if Friday night is our date night and it has been for 10 years, but we've lost a job, how do we keep a family date night? Even if we can't afford it, right? We, um, do things at home. We play a game. We, we do, we go for a walk around the block. We go for a trail ride on a bike that we already own. Um, doing those things to stay connected can really, can really help, um, trying to keep that consistency as much as you can through the new transition, whatever that transition looks like. Um, 
can really be helpful. And so I, I think, um, again, change is that constant that is going to happen throughout our lives. It just is one of those things that we can count on happening. Um, and as you keep changing, as you keep evolving through life and as, as life keeps moving forward and you're changing jobs or you're changing schools or you're leaving the nest or you're have empty nest now, or what you've lost a job, you're, you're moving jobs, you're, you're moving homes altogether. Um, you know, it, it's important to find ways to cope and, and letting yourself feel those feelings, sitting with your partner, letting them, uh, trying to understand through their eyes, through their experience, what this is like for them is incredibly powerful and can be the biggest connecting thing. And change doesn't have to be this awful experience, um, although it can, it will be uncomfortable. And you probably won't like it and it will probably be hard and it might push you in ways that you never thought you wanted to be pushed. Um, it can be a really, really powerful thing, but it can help you connect with your partner if you're, if you're doing some of these small tips. So remember, stay connected to each other, talk, make space and time for each other, um, if, if you're going through a transition by yourself, maybe you're getting divorced or things like that, finding people to support you. If it's not your, your spouse anymore, finding that support system is incredibly important. Getting into those routines as much as possible and being able to stay positive through however you can. That positive self-talk is really, truly a very, very important task that I don't think many people think about, um, or gets talked about very often and is a really big influencer on how we, we view change or we experience change. And so making sure that you're, you're keeping that positive self-talk going and maybe even being that for your partner, if, if they need that at the time and, uh, knowing that change is going to happen and, and being okay with it. Um, it's so hard. It's so hard, especially when it's unpredicted and it's unexpected and it's unwelcomed. It sucks. It's terrible. It's not fun. Um, but remembering some of these things, the routine, the constants, trying to get back to some of those constants as much as possible. We are creatures of habit. We want to feel comfortable. We want to feel secure there are going to be moments where we don't feel that and um, the habits that we create to try and regulate us back to that normal feeling is are some of the most powerful um, habits that we can create in our lives. So making sure that, you, that you're creating some good habits and uh, leaning on your partner, reaching out for help as much as possible through, through any transition that you go through in life. Um, some less common ones are kind of more of the parenting ones going from transition of, of infants to toddlers, to toddlers, to childhood, to adolescence, to young adults. Um, you know, adolescence is a, is a really hard thing. You know, someone said to me the other day, you know, we talk about all of our problems when, when we're 
the baby isn't sleeping or they're fussy or I didn't get any sleep last night because my baby was up all night crying, right? But when we have teenagers, we tend to not talk about how hard teenagers are and how unpredictable they are at times and how much sleep we're not getting because we were up worried about them or they didn't come home and on time or we're worried about them because they're struggling with a friendship or things like that. Adolescence is hard. It is a hard stage of parenting. And the more we can reach out and be open and honest with ourselves, with our neighbors and friends and support systems about that, the better that transition can seem to go. doesn't make it easier, just helps get us through it. So I so appreciate you listening to the the puzzle of us. This has been a, a great episode and great reminder for me uh, personally in my life to kind of review this and, and review it with you. And I hope you find it helpful. Remember positive self-talk, setting those good routines um, and getting as much structure as possible back and um, sitting with your partner and just talking about what that change is like for them is a huge thing that does not happen very often when big transitions happen. And oftentimes we see couples grow apart because of in major transitions, because they're not talking about it. And so talk about it. If you've had a recent change, or even if you know that there might be an, an upcoming change coming for you, talk to your partner about it. Talk about what the expectations are post the change. Um, you know, talk about, you know, if you're bringing a baby in for the first time, what do we expect our relationship to be like? Do we set a date night? Because every night was date night before our baby came. Um, this, making sure that those expectations are clear for both parties and that you're talking about what the change has been like for them. This has been the puzzle of us. Thanks for listening. And hopefully these suggestions in helping you transition wherever you are in life right now will, will be helpful for you.